Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. I'm your host, Aaron Free. Israel and You is a radio podcast voice of Israel Team Advocates, a nonprofit organization that advocates for the Jewish people and the state of Israel in a time of growing anti-Semitism in America and even in the church. And there's five wonderful aspects of the Abrahamic blessing found in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. First of all, God promises the Jewish people a land. Secondly, they will become a great nation. Third, there'll be a blessing upon them. Fourth, there'll be a blessing through them to all the families of the earth. The question is, has God fulfilled the first four aspects of the Abrahamic covenant? And the answer is yes. They've come back to their land after 2,000 years. Uh, They became a nation once again. There's a blessing upon the Jewish people, and there's a blessing through the Jewish people. Through the Jewish people came the covenants, the promises, the, the fathers, the patriarchs, and ultimately the Messiah, Jesus. And so the Bible came through the Jewish people, so they have been a blessing to the entire earth. The fifth aspect of that covenant that God made with Abraham is, whoever blesses you, I will bless Whoever curses you, I will curse. And God uses two words for curse in that passage. The first is kalel, which means contempt in Hebrew. So whoever shows you contempt, I will curse. And the second word is arar, which means to be made fruitless. So whoever curses you, I will curse. Whoever shows even the slightest contempt for the Jewish people, I will cause to be fruitless. So you can help Israel team, and there is a blessing. And if God has fulfilled the first four aspects of the Abrahamic blessing, a land, nation, a blessing on, and a blessing through, he will absolutely fulfill the fifth, which is this, whoever blesses Israel, I will bless. And so you can help us as we stand with Israel and the Jewish people in these days when there's such contempt being fomented against the Jewish people in the state of Israel. You can go to israelteam.org to our donate page. Israelteam.org is an educational website. You can read so many wonderful articles and, and information to help you gain understanding about Israel and what's happening these last days of time. So I encourage you to stand with us today at israelteam.org and help us in any way that you can so that we can stand in blessing of Israel rather than showing them contempt and helping Christians all across America understand what is happening in these last days as God restores the nation of Israel. So today we're in part two of a series we started last week, Discerning the Times, What on Earth is Happening? And I want to give you a short review uh, but if you missed last week's uh, podcast or radio program, you can go to our uh, website, israelteam.org, to the homepage, and all of our podcasts are archived on the homepage, and you can listen to last week's program. So last week I talked about that we need discernment like never before, and people ask me all the time, Aaron, what on earth is happening? What's God calling us to do in these closing days of time? What should be our perspective of a world in crisis? What is our role in the restoration of Israel? 
And I say to them, you need firsthand experience with the voice of God. You need discernment about what God is speaking in these days. God is always speaking. We're not always listening. So today I would say to you that we need a firsthand revelation of what the Lord is speaking about our family, our personal calling, what God expects of us, and how we should respond in these critical days of time. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern, there's that wonderful word, discern, what is the will of God, what is his good and acceptable, perfect will. And then in Hebrews 5, 14, be but solid food is for the mature, but those who have their powers of discernment trained by consistent practice to distinguish good from evil. And so I'm telling you, we need to understand good from evil. And something may seem good, but oftentimes it can have a subtle twist of evil. And when there is just even a subtle evil involved in something we're listening to or something we're involved in, it won't end well in our life. So we have to discern between good and evil. First Chronicles twelve thirty two says of Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. So ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand the times to know what we should do as Christians, as uh, fathers and mothers. So we need understanding of the times. So what on earth is happening? And I, I shared this last week on the program. I think we're in a Matthew 13 moment, the parable of the wheat and the tares. And Jesus tells this parable, while men slept, an enemy came and he sowed weeds among the wheat. And the workers said, should we pull up the weeds? And the master of the, the vineyard said, no, if you pull up the weeds, you'll also pull up the wheat. Let them both grow together until the harvest. So right now on planet Earth, there is a separation taking place. Uh, there, things have grown together. The wheat and the weeds have grown together, but it's harvest time now. And the Lord is separating the wheat from the weeds. We're in the last final moments of history, and Jesus says that the harvest is at the end of the age. So he's separating the righteous from the unrighteous, and you may wonder why there's so much chaos in our world, even here in America. What's happening is the unrighteous have lost all sense of morality, and there's lawlessness, and there's a fear, and a dread, and a panic that has hit those people outside of God. And so they're being uncovered because the righteous are being separated from them. And the righteous have always been a covering. We've been salt and light in this land. And so as the righteous are gradually pulled away from the weeds and the tares, uh, they're actually just imploding because they have no covering. And so simultaneously, there's another uh, separation that's happening at the same time. We're also in a Matthew 25 moment where Jesus says at the end of the age, he's going to separate the nations based on how they treat his brethren, Israel. And he says, I'm going to separate the nations as a shepherd separates the sheep 
from the goats. And he's really quoting out of Joel 3, where Joel prophesies that there's going to be a last day's separation and judgment upon the people for dividing up the land of Israel that he gave to Abraham and his descendants. So there are forces, even within the church today, calling for the division of the land of Israel, calling for the splitting apart of the city of Jerusalem. So there will be goat nations and sheep nations at the end of the age. There'll be goat Christians and sheep Christians, goat churches and sheep churches. There'll be wheat and there'll be weeds. And so there's this global pulling apart right now happening in our world. And I thoroughly believe it's the Lord himself that's doing the separation. Why? Because the harvest is at the end of the age and he's pulling apart the weeds from the wheat. So don't be dismayed. And the question is, how do we respond in this kind of a moment in history? And again, you can look this up in the podcast from last week, but I I shared three things. First of all, we've got to be optimistic. And Jesus says in Luke 21, he talks about at the end of the age, you're going to see distress and perplexity like never before. And then he says that what we need to do as believers in verse 28 of Luke 21, now when you see these things taking place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And so that means we have to have a complete faith and confidence, an optimistic faith in these days. We are a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And Jesus is saying, don't be frightened. Don't get caught up in self-preservation. Don't bury your head in the sand looking for a way of escape. For the saints, things are looking up. Things are going to get better. Our redemption is drawing near. And we need to show the world a confident assurance. I love the word resilio in Latin. Uh, Re means back and zilio means bounce. So resilience simply means to bounce back. And you can take a balloon and you put a little pressure on the outside of a balloon and you release the pressure and the balloon goes back to its original form. But if the pressure on the outside of the balloon is greater than the pressure on the inside of the balloon, what do you have? It explodes in your hand, the balloon. And so the same goes for people in our world. As the Lord is separating the wheat from the tares, people that are being uncovered today have no moral sense. They're filled with perplexity and fear. And what is going on is because they have nothing on the inside, when the pressure on the outside becomes so great, they're imploding on the inside. But for the believer, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And as these events are happening around us, it confirms that the Bible is true. And so what we have on the inside of us is stronger than all the pressure on the outside of us. And so the Bible is true. It's up to date. It's real time. And so as we see these things happen, we can proclaim, just like the scriptures have said, the the Lord is in control of these end-time events, and we should have no fear. And Jesus said in Luke 21, there's going to be perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will be fainting for fear and foreboding. So, But for the saints, we're not filled with perplexity. We're filled with optimistic faith. 
And the second thing I shared in last week's program was that we have to have a, a heart of commitment in these days. Psalm 110.3 says, your troops will be free will offerings. So that means to me that I myself am an offering to God in these days. I, I offer myself in full commitment to what the Lord is asking me to do without any reservation lord i i give my heart to you in full commitment in these last days of time and we often hear god wants our time our talent and our money but that's not the complete picture what god ultimately wants is your entire life he wants your full commitment and i was a pastor for 35 years and i pastored one church for 25 years a wonderful church and at the end of my 25 years, I knew that God was leading me out. I knew that he was putting something in my heart to start a nonprofit, to do what I'm doing today, to stand with Israel and, and help the church understand uh, her role in the restoration of Israel in these last days of time. And I was struggling with what God was speaking to me. Why was I struggling? Because I was afraid of losing my security. I was afraid of leaving a ministry that I loved and a people that I loved. And so um, I was still parenting at the time. I, my wife and I, we have four children. Three were out of the house, had gone to college and grad school and, and uh, you know, heading towards marriage and family. But we still had a son that was in high school. And it was concerning to me. I mean, how, we, how am I going to raise my son and, and finish out his, his college one day? And so the door was not opening for provision uh, for my life and my family. <clears throat> and then I read a quote um, by W.H. Murray, and it said this, Until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no one could have dreamed would have come their way. And so I made a commitment, and I stepped out in faith, and I, I read Revelation 3-7, I am he who holds the key of David, who opens no one will shut, and shuts that no one can open. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. And I knew that God was opening the door. And so I knew that he was also closing a door. And I stepped through that door. I made a commitment. And when I made the commitment, provision came into my life. And so when we come back from the break, I want to share with you the third uh, principle uh, of what our response should be in these last days of time. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hello, I'm Aaron Free, President of Israel Team Advocates. Israel Team is standing in the gap for the Jewish people in a time of growing anti-Semitism in America. And there are many forces, even within Christianity, that want to divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. There has to be those who proclaim the truth about Israel in a time when nations are calling for her demise. 
Our organization works on college campuses where anti-Israelism is in vogue, especially on evangelical college campuses. Evangelical anti-Israel groups highly financed by George Soros and his Open Society organization are pushing evangelical millennials towards the abyss of anti-Semitism, and they are succeeding. One such group, the Telos Group, is funding all expense-paid trips for young pastors and evangelical college students to Israel where they feed them lies about the Jewish people and the land, and they come home anti-Israel. In just the last four years, evangelical young people have cut their support in half for Israel. In a survey in 2018, 69% of evangelical young people said they supported the Jewish people. A new survey in 2021 found that only 33% of evangelical young people support the state of Israel. So if we don't push back against the growing anti-Israelism within evangelical movement, evangelicalism could be anti-Israel within just a few short years. I'm asking you to help Israel team in this fight. I'm asking you to stand with us as we stand for God's covenant with Abraham and the land and the great nation that God is building in Israel. Will you give to Israel Team today? And there's two ways you can give. Go to our website, israelteam.org, to donate section and you can give securely online be sure to give us your mailing address so that we can send you our new book the casualty of contempt you can also mail your donation to israel team find our address on our website israelteam.org that's israelteam.org this is israel in you bringing israel and the jewish people into focus welcome back to israel and you and we're talking about discernment and how we should respond in these critical days of time. And the first response is an optimistic faith. The second is a commitment uh, to the things of God and to the call of God. And the third is that you and I need to agree with God. 1 John 2.17 says, The world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? So everything about our world is temporary. It's impermanent and unstable. But the one who's in agreement with God's purposes abides forever. In Isaiah 46.10, it says, My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. So find out what God wants done. And someone told me this years ago. said, Aaron, if, if you really want to follow God, if you really want to be in the center of his will, discern what he wants done, what he's calling you to do, and then go do it and be in agreement with him. I love what the Apostle Paul said on the road to, to Damascus. Who art thou, Lord, and what would you have me to do? And I think that's a great prayer for all of us today. Lord, what, what are you calling me to do? So for me, this is what I discern happening in our world today. There's a shaking. There's a separation. Nations and people are rising against God's end-time purpose in the restoration of Israel. Uh, there's a response of faithful Christians from the nation, and our response should be optimism, straighten up, look up, our redemption is drawing nigh. It should be commitment, a total commitment to seek first the kingdom of God, and then an agreement, because God is watching over our agreement. He's waiting for us to get aligned with his purposes in the earth. And I want to share with you something that's, that's shocking to me. And we're going to spend the rest of this program, and if I run out of time, we'll talk about this next time. 
but we really need to understand and discern in American Christianity, in American evangelicalism, about what is happening in evangelicalism's uh, understanding and approach towards Israel. And Romans eleven eighteen says, don't be arrogant against the branches because the root supports you. You don't support the root. So all of the covenants and promises, uh, the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, that's what supports us. We don't support that root. The root supports us. And we know the seasons. Jesus said this, but we can't discern the signs of the times. So right now, within evangelicalism, uh, there's something very frightening happening. And I want to let you know before I say this, that I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative evangelical. Um, I went to Wheaton Graduate School, Billy Graham's uh, school, and um, got my master's degree there. I'm socially conservative. Uh, I'm biblically conservative. But I'm a Christian first, and then I'm an American second. I'm a, a kingdom Christian uh, because the government is on God's shoulders, and he shall reign. And so I want to let you know that right up front. I'm a patriotic Christian, but when it push comes to shove, I have to tell you, uh, I'm a Christian before anything else. And right now what's happening, like a seismic wave that fractures and slips, forcing the tectonic plates of the Earth's crust to change positions along geologic fault lines, evangelicalism's support for Israel is shifting to the left and to the right. And on the evangelical left, anti-Israel organizations are emotionally driven in a time when identity politics is the mantra. Israel is framed as a white colonial apartheid state and the narrative is succeeding. A recent survey in May 2021 finds that support for Israel among U.S. evangelicals ages 18 to 29 has been cut in half. Only 33.6% responded positively in support of Israel, an alarming drop from 69% in a similar survey in 2018. So more than a seismic wave, this is a maverick wave. And on the evangelical right, <clears throat> Christian nationalism is rising. At a recent event in San Antonio, Texas, former United States National Security Advisor Michael Flynn proclaimed to the thousands in attendance, and I, I do believe there were really well-meaning people that went to this conference that really are concerned of the values in America, but I have to tell the truth of what he said. Here's what he said. God Almighty is involved in this country because this is the last place on earth. He went on to say, this is the shining city on the hill. He said, when Matthew mentioned this in the Bible, the city on the hill, he wasn't talking about the physical ground he was on, Israel. He was talking about something in the distance, America. Mr. Flynn then said, so we must have one religion under God. Think of what he just said. We must have in America one religion under God. And earlier biblical references to the concept of a light shining in the darkness were about the Jewish people as a light of God's salvation to the nations. You can see this in Isaiah 49, 6, Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3. So for Michael Flynn, America has replaced Israel and Christianity must replace Judaism. 
This is very dangerous, dangerous uh, rhetoric. And as the tectonic plates of evangelicalism's <clears throat> core support for Israel change positions, here are three things to help you discern what is true and what is not true. So first of all, watch for uncivil rhetoric. On the evangelical left, former New Testament professor at Wheaton College, my alma mater, Dr. Gary Burge proclaimed, the people of Israel cannot be rooted in the vineyard, the land of Israel, unless first they are grafted into Jesus. If they refuse, they will be cast out and burned. <clears throat> Think about that. He's saying if Israeli Jews don't convert to Christianity, they're good for nothing and should be cast out and burned. And this hateful language is from Burge's book, Whose Land, Whose Promise, a book that challenges Jewish claims to the land of Israel. Shockingly, the book won the award of merit from Evangelicalism's flagship publication, Christianity Today. On the evangelical right, there are leaders like Pastor Stephen Anderson of Faithful Word Baptist Church in Temp Tempe, Arizona. Pastor Anderson promotes an anti-Semitic Christian nationalism, denies the Holocaust, re refers to Judaism as satanic, and says Jews will be an eternal burnt offering in hell. It's troubling that people on both the left and right of evangelicalism embrace the age-long fixation of burning Jews. And if rhetoric cannot pass the test of the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, it's a red flag that evil is amiss. And the second thing that you should do to discern what is happening as you, you know, listen uh, to all these things that are being said about Israel today, watch for intersectionality. Intersectionality is the solidarity form between groups that share little in common in order to promote identity politics. On the evangelical right, during a recent political event for young evangelicals, a popular speaker encouraged the audience, listen, to reject the biblical call to turn the other cheek. He said, don't obey the words of Jesus. So what, what he's saying is, in your political discourse, it's time to take off the gloves. We've got to become more violent, more aggressive, to come against those that disagree with our, our politics. So instead of being challenged, the statement to reject the, the call to turn the other cheek of Jesus, his comment was applauded by the audience. Uh, on the evangelical left, the Telos Group, an organization compromised both historically and biblically in its view of Israel and the Jewish people, receives its major funding from Open Society. Open Society has a long-standing unfriendly bias towards Israel as well as its leader, George Soros. The third thing we can do is watch for the scapegoating of Jews. Blaming Jews for the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has been a consistent narrative of the evangelical left. However, scapegoating the Jews is now vogue in the Christian nationalistic movement in America's evangelical far right. Its proliferation digs up such deep-rooted historical parallels, one must be blinded by denial not to recognize it for what it is. One example of this alarming trend 
is Evangelicals Rick Wiles, founder of the cable radio online outlet True News and pastor of Flowing Streams Church in Vero Beach, Florida. Wiles regularly blames Jews for attacking American Christian culture and warns Jews that Christians plan to impose a Christian rule in this country. He accuses Jews of starting the corona and calls the impeachment of President Trump a Jew coup. With reminiscent us versus them passion, Wiles foments things like a day is coming when Christians are going to lose their lives as they confront the synagogue of Satan. They Jews are coming for you. There will be a purge. When Jews take over the country, they kill millions of people. So stand with us today. Go to IsraelTeam.org. Stand with us today. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.